Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Android Central Podcast. My name is Shruti Shaker. I am the managing editor here at Android Central, and I've got my lovely guest with me, my favorite crew, Jerry Hildenbrand. Hello, hello, good sir. Howdy. And Nick Cetric. Hi. Shh, I'm, I'm shopping for no, uh, fold four cases. Look, I already screwed up. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. Hi. He's, this is going to be again. this is going to be a very great podcast. I'm already excited. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I've got Andrew Myrick. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. I'm shopping for watch bands that Samsung didn't mention during the event. <laughs> yes, I, I did that, notice that. I guess that. the lesson here is none of us are listening to Shruti. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> apparently, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, we've got, per usual, a lot of fun topics to talk about today. I'm going to start off with Samsung because obviously we can't get enough of Samsung. Um, if you guys listened to our last episode, we basically covered all things Unpacked. So if you missed anything from Unpacked, obviously go to our website and, you know, read some of the stuff we've we've written, um, read the hands-on that Nick wrote, and then listen to the podcast because there was a lot of really fun stuff that we talked about. But continuing on with that, um, and, and at some point in this podcast, we're going to stop talking about Samsung, I promise. But for now, I'm <laughs> starting with Samsung. Um, so over the past week, we wrote, several editorials um, from various different perspectives uh, of what people liked and didn't like. And last week, um, Andrew, you know, we we spoke about this, but but essentially he wrote uh, this really awesome ar- article titled Why I'm Trading the Galaxy Watch 4 Classic for the Watch 5 Pro. And you kind of listed a lot of really great you know, reasons for why you wanted to switch over. A lot of it had to do with the casing, the size of it, um, you know, the the protective barrier, the potential protective barrier that you're going to get so you get less scratches. Um, you know, just a, a lot of really good reasons. But then over the weekend, uh, Chris Waddell, who's not on this podcast, but it's okay. I think what I want to do is sort of, I want all of us to kind of react to his article. But essentially, he wrote uh, this fantastic article titled, Samsung Won't Fool Me a Third Time with the Galaxy Watch 5. Um, and, you know, if you haven't read it, go check it out. But yeah, I mean, you know, he basically is is talking about how he doesn't want this article. He felt underwhelmed with it. Um, he was hoping for a bigger change, um, especially with the Watch 5 series. You know, and I think we we discussed this too last time that there there really is a split in the way people feel about the watches. So I don't know. What did you guys think of this article? Did you did you guys um you know kind of agree with him? I mean, I know Andrew's going to disagree <laughs> clearly, but uh, any any thoughts on it? Uh, Nick, do you want to start? Yes. All right. So um, his first little heading on there, less of a leap, more of a tiptoe. I think sums it up for me like I, I know when I was using them at the hands-on event it, you know they look a little different they feel a little different um even looking at like the spec list and stuff for the most part it doesn't feel like a huge leap and I know a lot of people were saying oh it's got the same processor who really cares they're even still selling the the watch for classic because it's mostly the same thing just you know if you want a rotating bezel get that instead <laughs> so I definitely understand where he's coming from here on the flip side, though, you have the improvements that were really needed, like the battery, the screen with the sapphire crystal. You know, those may be little things on paper, but 
in everyday use, I think they will probably make a huge difference. And we'll probably end up with a lot more people that are happy with them long term versus I feel like you had a couple people like Chris who, you know, kind of fell off the the wagon after a few months when it was like, okay, well, the LTE one overheats and this thing doesn't have great battery life and I scratched the heck out of it. You know, those types of things. Yeah. And the other thing, too, that he he made a statement here where he says, my disappointment and you're you were basically talking about it because. When I first, um, I think my thing when I, anytime I read anything about um, the watches, Galaxy watches, the first, the thing that I, I'm always um, reading about, or at least I feel people are having a problem with is the OS, um, where OS is just not as great, um, or at least, I mean, they're trying to make improvements, but people are just not completely satisfied. But that is exactly what um, Chris writes. He says, my disappointment with the new wearables is less about the OS. I have plenty of opinions on that alone, but more about how Samsung doesn't seem to have made any changes between watch generations and, in my opinion, made the top-end watch worse. So, I, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting um, that... And I wonder if if more people have that thought. Like, do you guys think that it's more about the way that the watch is designed versus the OS, or do you think it could be a combination of both? Not enough there to make me care. That's <laughs> just... I'm sorry. It, you know, my, my actual honest-to-God first impressions is... Wow, Samsung could have took it, you know, took the time and built in a way for people in a wheelchair to track their workout. Instead, they took the time to make sure that some of the best features only work if you have a Samsung phone. Screw them. Don't buy this piece of crap. That's what I thought when I sat there and, you know, heard what they had to say and then looked at their, their, you know, presentation site and read about it. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't change my opinion that, because I I can't use most of the features on any smartwatch, they're worthless to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean that is a very fair point. Um, Nick, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you think it's a combination of uh, of of both, or is it just the way the watch actually looks? Because I mean, I, it looked I, like they made a considerable change with the way it looked or looks now. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, visually, it's fine. I don't have a problem with it. If anything, what I like about Samsung's designs is that they have buttons at like the the two o'clock and the five o'clock positions, mm-hmm. whereas a lot of other smartwatches just stick that one crown right smack in the middle at three. Mm-hmm. And I hate that, especially if it's something that I got to work out with because mm-hmm. I constantly, you know, you 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 like do a push up or something. And the back of I mean, your hand think, is now, now listen, hitting that crown. Listen, we talked about your big thumbs. Are you trying to tell me that you have a problem with your wrist and your is your hand <laughs> just like a problem <laughs> in general? It's it's problematic, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's bigger that's, than the other. That's good job. Uh, uh, oh boy! I, I, oh god! Oh uh, god! All right. Anyway, that's just, something I've complained in other smartwatch reviews about. It's like if these are going to be fitness related things, they can't have that. I guess you could always stick it on the other arm and put it backwards, but that's just that seems like a design oversight. When I have to start changing how I wear this thing to make the product work better, that's dumb. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's like the iPhone 4, you're holding it wrong. No, you just screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> 
For sure. No, no. I, I, and I feel you on that. I, I want to bring up a point that Chris said in, in his article. He said, um, and I'm going to read this part because I think it's, um, it, I, I think it, it can be a game changer for those, um, for many people at least. So he says, this brings me to battery life. Um, those fitness watches I mentioned above, uh, and even the tick watch pro three ultra all get an added bonus. Thanks to the tech used for the wearables screens. Uh, long battery life. Samsung claims the Watch 5 Pro will have 80-hour battery life. If true, that would be great. However, I'll be holding my breath until we get some time to test it and dig into how Samsung is getting that number. Because like with new cars and their rated MPG, to hit that 80-hour mark, users may have to disable certain features. I This is something that we've talked about um, in our group chats, you know, it, very impressive, super interesting, you know, that it would have an 80-hour battery life. Uh, obviously, we need to test that out. We we haven't done so yet. Um, but I'm I'm curious, will that will that be a game changer for people? I would say so. I mean, because again, that's another prime complaint about smartwatches is I gotta charge the thing every day. And a lot of times they don't even charge quickly. And that, that's been fixed in, in some models. Um, Samsung basically fixed that here. Um, I'm trying to remember what you said, Andrew, with the charging, but uh, it seemed like your results it's, were good. It's the, um, it's the mm, yes, it's, it's, it's good so far with my, I don't, Michael has the, the five pro. I have the regular five, right. um, but I think I'm pretty sure it's 10 watt charging now. And preliminary tests, I have to like just do it, test it out a couple more times just to and actually measure it. But I can get about go from zero to a hundred in about an hour, which cuts the the time in half compared to the Watch Five cl- or Watch Four Classic that I have. Right, and yeah, even if you forget to charge it before you go out, it seems like maybe like twenty minutes will probably be enough. If yeah, you're just going out for a while in the shower and, and you can just keep on going. Right. So that that pain point, I think, is, is getting fixed. Does it use a regular wireless charger yet or you still have to use the one that came with it? I have not asked um, anybody that yet. That's that's a good question. Um, I have not actually tried because I've been enjoying the fast charging too much. Yeah. and I haven't had to charge all that much so far. Other than a couple of times, um, I'll have to try that and get back yeah, to you. Yeah, next on that. time you need to charge it, give that a try. Because I'd be curious how fast. You mean it just charges. like a regular flat? Yeah. Just okay. Yeah, yeah I'll. I'll uh, it I probably does. Give that a shot. I, you know, I don't want to get your hopes up. It probably doesn't, but I'm. I would just now. I'm curious. Well, aren't they all compatible? All the Galaxy watches compatible with regular Qi. I just, uh, the only differentiating factor would be like how fast it charges. I can't find a charger that I have here that works with the four. I mean, it's probably the shape or maybe I can't find the coil or something, but yeah, I I'll have to give that I, a shot today. I've I'll heard to get people back to say yes, that it just works. Shoot. Let me try and throw it on my, my pixel charger. Remember that's probably not going to work, but. Are you testing this right now? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm doing it right literally, now. Literally, are and we I'm just testing this right now? right now, live. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, well, the, the light came on, and then it went off. Yeah, see, that's that's what I see. 
whenever I try to use the four. But yeah, but the so the Pixel Watch charger is also like the Pixel Stand V2 is very awkward. Anyways, like I have to, I'm trying to. It's curved on the inside. Mm-hmm. I have to try with a flat, like a flat, yeah. um, flat Generally, wireless charger. Wireless charging with anything Pixel branded is a little finicky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the design, the, it, the design of that thing's weird too. Yeah, but I mean, like, like when the Pixel Six came out, there were several wireless chargers that just wouldn't really work. It would start wireless charging, and then something in there would be like, "Oh no, this is not compatible," and kick it right off. And it would do exactly what you did. It was like the light would come on, it would turn green. You know, it's registering something. You would see on the screen that it just started charging, and then boom! Now, never mind. We're not doing that. Like (laughs) they, as far as I know, they fixed that because at least the one I had that that happened on it no longer happens on. Yeah, there's a, a three-in-one wireless charging stand that, that I'm working on a review for, and it does not like my Pixel 6 Pro. Yeah, I don't know if it's yeah, the 6 okay. Pro so they, or if it's the 6, or if, if it's the charger itself, but it, it'll it sit there. The coil in the 6 Pro is just way too freaking high. It's not in the center of the back of the phone. But it'll try and charge it. I'll pick up the phone, and it's not only is it not charged, yeah. but the phone is hot. Yeah, it's close enough to try to do something, but... If yeah. you w- looked at the exploded view, the the wireless charging coils way up by that camera bar. Oh, that's right. I forgot it was that. I forgot it was that high. And it that makes it tough for anything that's just not built for it because you can't lay it flat. It doesn't lay flat because of that bump. So yeah. it's just a pain in the butt. Yeah. Sorry for sure. the tangent. I guess I guess that kind of answers your question, though, right? Like, here's another thing that we need. Uh, it should just work on wireless chargers. <laughs> well, our, our, our I <laughs> it shouldn't think, be a thought. I think this podcast should just be all about wireless charging now. At yeah. this point, <laughs> okay. But I, you know, I, I do. Before we move away from the watch, if you don't or can't use any of the fitness stuff, you know, eighty hours is a yeah. I get about eighty hour battery life out of the four. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if so, you're not, yeah. I I I will believe Samsung's eighty hour. You know, close to eighty hours in real life. That means seventy hours. But Chris is right when he worries that he's going to have to disable something. You yeah, know it. yeah, it, it's possible. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to talk about another editorial that was written very quickly and. I loved it because there are so many amazing images in it. And if you haven't read it, you have to. Uh, so Nick wrote this. It's called uh, Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 4 Camera Review. They really are better. So Nick did a really um, quick turnaround uh, to just kind of test the Fold's camera. Uh, and and basically, I mean, obviously, I know, Nick, you're going to write, write about this in your review, like your full review of the phone. But, you know, I think that was one of the considerable things you were most impressed about. Um, and I, I remember you telling us about that. And so you went out and did this amazing review uh, and you basically compared it to, um, what did you compare it to? Did you compare it to any other phones or just, you just did the fo- the Fold 4 in general? It, it was mostly to see how much improved it is over the Fold 3. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, um, okay. I, I did take the flips out as well at the same time, um, but I didn't compare them in this article. So that was more like a back-end, here's, here's how they all look to me, and then I mostly just posted in there about the Fold 3 and 4. Right, um, okay. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and it's amazing because 
there, you basically tested the main camera, the telephoto camera, the ultra wide camera, uh, the cover camera, and the inside under display camera. It, basically, everything about that all, phone's all camera. All of the cameras. All of the cameras. <laughs> um, and it's a really fun article because you have, well, obviously, I mean, you have all of your chickens in the in in your images, which is the best of part. Of course. And then <laughs> can't not have you, them in there. <laughs> if you scroll down, there's just. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally <laughs> a series of selfies and it's the cute. <laughs> it's actually very cute. I love it. It's just like a series of selfies. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, why don't you talk to us about it? What what are your thoughts? I mean, you obviously really think the camera's better. Um, but what really stood out to you the most? Uh so at least over the past, let's see, I've had this thing for like 10 days now. I have not brought my Pixel with me anywhere. Since I got the phone. That is really surprising because I think it was the last podcast where you said that you, the Pixel is pretty much your primary phone because of the camera. Yes. Yeah. And that, that was, for me, that was the real test. It's like, okay, I'm going to take this around with me. I'm going to leave my Pixel off and in the cabinet. And let's see if, if I can actually just use it and be happy with it. And I have been. Like, it's been really good. I, I feel like... I'm going to actually be able to use the Fold 4 and not have that thought in the back of my mind of, oh, this picture would have been so much better if I just had my Pixel with me, right? Like, even even movement. Like, I was in New York uh, two days ago, and I was walking around. There was, like, a dog park. And this is always the test, I feel like, with Samsung phones. All right, can, can it take a picture of anything moving and it not be a blur? Mm-hmm. And this is the first Samsung phone I've tested probably ever where it, it mostly looked like a clear dog versus, you know, just a blurry image of a dog moving. And that's something that Pixels, you know, especially with the Pixel 6, have not struggled with at all. Like, that's that's been yeah. a very strong point on the Pixel line, is that they can take a picture of a pet or a person, and even if they moved a little bit, it's not a big deal because the software is smart enough to pick a frame in there that they're clear and effectively swap out the face or whatever with a clearer version of it using a set of AI algorithms. And it's fun because on the Fold 4, like with a lot of other Samsung phones, you take a picture, if you immediately tap the the little thumbnail of the picture you just took, you can watch it doing the processing. Oh, fun. Um, And it has like a little little circle moving, you know, icon. And that's always something fun, like... Uh, when I was walking around with a couple of friends in New York, um, we're taking pictures of like buildings and from the viewfinder, you're like, oh, it's going to look like crap because the sky's all blown out and, you know, it just looks not great in the viewfinder. Sure enough, you hit the shutter button, you click on the picture, you watch it work its magic, boom, the sky's like perfectly blue, everything looks super nice. Like they just, they have done so much better with the processing angle just in the last year or two alone. And I finally feel confident, like, this thing is going to take good pictures all the time, even zooming in. Like, 10x zoom was great. Stuff looked good. I wouldn't go to 30x zoom. Uh, it's not ready for that yet. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> well, did you try it? It Once it the zoom turns digital? Did yeah, you actually, I, I went... It, um, it just doesn't still, it looks like digital zoom. It just looks like digital yeah. zoom. There, there's one shot I can show you later. I took of the Statue of Liberty from uh, the Highline walkway in Chelsea, and it just looks like a bunch of 
pixels that you know got smeared because well, I mean, it's even, not 30x digital zoom. Even even you know the Pixel Six Pro doesn't look great when you take super zoomed in digital no. zoom photos. No, 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 no cell phone does. But no, one day some company's going to figure it out. Yeah, I, I think if we're talking about digital zoom, nobody does digital zoom better than Google. Still, uh, that I think they were sort of forced to perfect that back on the Pixel Three when they had that mantra of, oh, we only need one camera, guys. We don't need all these other fancy cameras. Yeah, so they, but even even Google doesn't do a great job. And No, but it, but it is noticeably better than other companies if you put them side yeah, by yeah, side. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I can't I, If you're that. zooming in 20 or 30x digitally, it's not going to look good no matter what you do. I mean, no algorithm is going to fix that. Yeah, you, a, a company that uses words like space zoom, they've got to be able to take really good digital zoomed pictures digitally zoomed i guess yeah i mean if you're zooming in past i would say 20x you know the s22 ultra is still your phone yeah there's really nothing else to say about that there's no phone that does it like that but if you're not normally taking pictures of something a football field away or whatever then you're fine so I, I was going to ask you a question, Nick, as you were talking about, you know, the phone's cameras and how you didn't even um, think twice to pick up your Pixel device. But then I, as I was mulling the question in my head, I was like, oh, I don't think this question really makes sense, but I'm going to ask it anyways. My, the question I was going to ask, yeah, the question ah. I, was, I was going to ask is, uh, or was, um, and I have to figure out how I'm going to phrase this, but but basically, so you don't even know the question. I do. I do know the questions. <laughs> I do know the question. It's, it's in my head. Just just cue Jeopardy music, and then we'll come yeah. back dun, when. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Uh, so the question was because we we were having this discussion um, in in one of our group chats uh, or meetings rather. But um, you know, will this phone, the Fold, be uh, the device that? we now recommend for a better camera versus the Pixel. But the reason why I didn't want to ask that question, which, I mean, I've already asked it, but it's because the Pixel is more accessible and the Fold is more geared for business users, right? So like, why would an average user buy or go for the Fold versus the Pixel? Does that make sense? It does. And for me, okay, like... spoiler alert on the review i'm going to call this the best android phone i ever used because it's (laughs) freaking amazing okay like it's just so good but i still am not going to recommend it to most people because it's 1800 friggin dollars right like that's just a lot of money well that was you can go out and buy a regular pixel 6 yeah sorry what well no that was the other thing i was thinking in my head it was like it's so freaking expensive yeah And, and that's really to me the problem now, so I feel like they have now fixed the the hardware boundaries of this thing is awkward, the camera's not good enough, etc. That part is now over with the Fold 4. It's excellent in every way I can see. The only improvement at this point they can really make are like fix the hinge, the, the crease, you know, where we don't see the crease when you're unfolding it on the display. And then if we're going to stick with the S Pen thing, stick an S Pen in it like they did with the S22 Ultra. Those are like the two main improvement areas that that I could think of at this point for this particular, you know, I guess sort of power user audience that that price gears it toward, right? 
you you want two things that are never going to happen. I wouldn't say that. I well, you're right. I, you shouldn't <laughs> say that. But to get rid of the the crease is you're going to have to have the screen be a whole lot weaker than it is now, and Samsung doesn't want to do that. And I found out the other day the S Pen that works with the fold is as big as Nick's thumbs. Where are they going to stick it without cutting <laughs> half the battery out? <laughs> so, yeah, I, w- to be fair, what you're asking for is something that shouldn't be held against the phone. No, and I'm I'm not going to hold it against the phone. Okay. That's, that's the thing. It's going to be more of, if we're looking at the market, you know, the, the one of the reasons they have the crease is because they're, this is the, these are the only foldables that are water-resistant, right? Every other foldable, at this point, most foldables don't have a crease. But at the expense of looking better, you don't have the water resistance, whereas Samsung is holding fast on water resistance is more important than this minor aesthetic problem. Do you think um, now that Samsung has figured out its camera capabilities like so well to this point that they could use the same hardware and software that they use for the Fold 4 for future phones that are more mainstream? Because we know the Fold 4 isn't for the mainstream audience, right? Like some of their other devices are more mainstream, um, like the S series. Do you think that they would be able to incorporate this this new version of their camera into those phones? And then we could call it that being, that would be the phone that would replace the Pixel at a comparable price. I, I imagine so, um, because the Fold 4 is Samsung's first phone that launches with Android 12L as the back end, right? So that's like Android 12.1 or 12.2 or whatever number we would call it, you know, back in the day when they did these sort of small version updates. Um, and, and I think between the camera and at least on larger screen phones, the taskbar would, would be the two things that they, would make sense to bring over to other phones. I mean, anything else that they do in here, the multitasking, that that sort of stuff doesn't really make sense on anything smaller than a tablet-sized screen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would imagine that once One UI 5 hits, and that's got Android 13, that'll probably include the newer camera software mm-hmm. for some of these older phones. And that'll be a really nice upgrade for people. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's take a quick break. I want to talk about some other fun stuff, so stay tuned. I think trying to hire somebody is probably one of the hardest things to do because you just want to find the right candidate. And one of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy Because instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data. That's incredible to me. So... 
Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash ACP. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash ACP. That's indeed.com slash ACP terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, um, sticking to Samsung again, one last thing, I promise, and then we will talk about some other stuff. Uh, So we were talking about this during the presentation, um, and I think we talked about it a bit last week as well, but we now have confirmation from Samsung that their partnership with Meta um, is a new thing. So essentially what this partnership is, and I'm going to read it from the, from Meta's press release, um, and if, if people are still, you know, living under a rock, Meta is the company that was renamed and now owns Facebook, the app, and Instagram, the app, and um, their VR stuff. WhatsApp. And yeah. Um, okay. So the press release reads today, we're introducing a new way to create hands free on Instagram and Facebook with Samsung Galaxy Z Flip 4, as well as other Samsung Z Flip smartphones. With FlexCam on uh, Galaxy Z Flip 4, you can fold the phone and place it on a surface freestanding to record hand free videos. Now you can create stories and reels without a stand or tripod. So essentially, it's a you are going to be able to post to Instagram and Facebook better. Um, you know, with this partnership. And um, when we heard it, we were all sort of curious and confused whether it was actually a new thing or if it was something that they had before. And I did reach out to Samsung and they responded back saying, yes, this is new. And Jerry, I know you're working on your um, Android and Shell article, but this podcast will happen well, it'll get published after you publish yeah. your story. So we're good there. But I wanted to talk about... Um, this partnership because it's, it's, it's really, it's kind of problematic. It's bad. And Nick just said, this is the best Android phone he's ever used. No, Nick, this is, (laughs) this is the worst Android phone you've ever used because a company that had reached the level of distrust where it had to change its freaking name now is an official Samsung partner and is one of those partners that Samsung shares it, your data with. I'm not saying that Samsung is giving data to, to to Meta because they don't have to, but they can. You agreed to it. I, that's, uh, you know, um, since this is going to be posted after, my article title is calls it A Deal with the Devil. Oh, that's a really and good that's, headline. That's what I think it is. And yes, it's cool and it's convenient that people who want to be creators especially with the flip uh it, that's that's the fun phone and people want to have fun and they want to make you know a quick little reel and they don't have to worry about you know setting the phone somewhere leaning against a coffee can or buying a tripod or whatever but that's in in the larger picture that that's a minor thing and you would think that it's something Facebook could have just done through the Instagram app you download from Google Play. But instead, it's a special Instagram app that comes pre-installed on your Flip 4. Even if it doesn't show up as installed until you get it from the Play Store, it's there. There's there's stuff already baked into the software. And is it really worth it? 
is it worth it to have to not use a tripod to run the risk of m- m- Facebook? I'm not even going to call them Meta. Facebook, who we know is very loose with customer data, n- now to have more of your data, even if you didn't want them to have it. I hate the idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when I first heard that, I mean, I was I was pretty surprised too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's very it's very concerning because, you know, on the one hand, we're well, I can't even say this, you know, is Facebook really trying to fix itself? I don't there's just so many issues with that company. I and, hope they are. I really uh, yeah, hope too. Facebook yeah. is getting their shit together. Definitely, definitely. And, and they they should. They have been caught doing the wrong thing enough times to where it's in their own best interest to try to get their act together. But who knows if they are? Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, um, and it, I obviously, Nick, I, I would love to hear your response to this because obviously <laughs> like, you did call it, you know, the best Android phone you've ever used. And I'm wondering if you have an opinion about this. Like, do you feel like this is something that's concerning as far as the privacy concerns go, I would have to dig through um, the stuff that I checked the box for and just hit accept because no, you... I got to review this thing. I don't really care what it has to say. <laughs> yeah, we're in a bad position when it comes to that. But if you're listening, don't do that. Makes <laughs> right, of course. Don't do I mean, did. generally, I try to read these things. But for the most part, I feel like a lot of them are the same. It's basically like they we are. can do whatever we want when you hit this accept button because you hit the accept button. So congratulations. And if you don't hit the accept button, you can't use the phone. Ha ha. That, right. And that's I, the worst I think part. primarily, I think we need some sort of legal recourse so that that doesn't happen and that that's not possible because I think it's problematic to have these devices. You know, again, this is a device that you went out and purchased with your own money, yet you really don't own because you have to hit the accept button in order to use it. Uh, You know, or like there's been this example with games where you have this ridiculous DRM stuff where you got to be online all the time. I bought the freaking game. Leave me alone. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that concept of always having to connect and having to agree to these things permanently in order to even use the most basic features of a device are a problem. It would be one thing if certain things are behind a wall, like, okay, you can't use uh, this feature in the camera without agreeing to the policy, but you can use the rest of the features, no problem. I mean, who cares if I'm taking a picture of my cat or whatever, right? Like, that should have nothing to do with Samsung or Meta's or whatever privacy policy that it's a camera. It doesn't matter. It doesn't go anywhere, right? If it's not being uploaded to a service or scanned by something else, then then those things should not matter. So I, I have a question for you, Nick. So when you <laughs> when you got this phone, was the app pre-installed on the on the device? They always pre-install like yeah. Facebook and Instagram and those kinds of things. And I typically uninstall a bunch of those things right afterwards. But yeah, that that type of bloatware is normal. This is uh this is this is what the reason why I asked that question is because it kind of made me have have this um thought in my head, which is um I mean, you know, obviously after all this the stuff that came out uh, from Facebook 
resulted in a lot, I mean, millions of people just uninstalling, not wanting to be a part of it. Even with, you know, WhatsApp, a lot of people were switching from WhatsApp to, and again, WhatsApp, Meta owns WhatsApp, uh, moving from WhatsApp to, to other services like Telegram or Signal, whatever it, whatever it may be. Um, I'm, I wonder if this is like... Uh, Facebook, Meta, whatever you want to call it, like scrambling to get back customers by pre-installing, you know, their apps and now showing off this flashy new partnership with a, with a phone company that's very successful, um, the most successful Android phone um, used by millions of customers around the world. Um like that partnership means that Samsung trusts Meta in a way. And so you should trust Meta. Do, do, do you get where I'm kind of getting yes. at with this? Yeah, I I think part of that would have a little more weight if this wasn't already a practice that has been done for years, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't remember the last time I had a Samsung phone where Facebook isn't pre-installed. So, you know, that that's not really any different. I see where you're coming from, Nick. And yeah, you can think of think of it that way. But Samsung lists Meta as an actual partner in the development of the phone now. Right. That yeah. that's a different ball game. That's that's that's, what, that's why I was thinking. Like the fact that Samsung did that means that Samsung is saying we trust Meta, so you should right. trust Meta too. I I also think it's a maybe a side effect of forced annual releases for phones because these companies have to look for something, anything that will differentiate it, you know, or else we're going to end up with like what we were talking about, the Galaxy Watch 5 earlier. Oh, this isn't different enough. Why would I buy this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so now they have to come up with these partnerships, you know, whether we can argue whether they're out of touch or not by choosing Meta as a partner. I, I think that that might be a bit out of touch just based on the the climate in the tech world. But, it, you know, I think realistically, if, if they are pushing, especially the flip forward toward creators, then having a partnership with any company that runs any of these big social media sites is sort of a must, right? Like it's, yeah, they have, they basically have to do it or else, you know, and then the flip side is if they don't do it, you end up with the whole uh, thing for a while where apps like, Snapchat and that sort of thing. The video looked horrible on Android phones because there was no like official support for the camera back end. And therefore it was using this sort of antiquated software, you know, bypass essentially. So if, if they don't have those deep connections with these companies on a hardware or even, you know, a deeper OS level, then you end up with that type of consumer thing where people go, oh, it looks like crap on this phone. I don't want this phone anymore. No, and I I, I, I get that point, but I I think I'm still stuck on the idea that this is mm-hmm. literally Samsung endorsing Meta and saying that essentially Meta is scrambling to, sure. you know, get its trust back into people and regain that that trust from them. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I just think it's super... You know, how, how I put it, is you can trust Samsung with your data. And that doesn't mean that Samsung isn't, excuse me, isn't sharing your data in ways you probably don't like. Uh, 
you know, they, they still are, but they're, they're sharing it correctly and exactly the way they describe it in their privacy policy. They're not using data about your health or your sexual orientation or the color of your skin or any, anything sensitive, you know, your religion. They're not using that. They're not making money off of that kind of data. We know Facebook is not supposed to, but we know that they do. And once Samsung, you know, is Samsung giving that kind of data to Facebook? Uh, if so, that, that, and yeah, yeah, I, I wear a tinfoil hat. I'm sorry. <laughs> but somebody has to, and I'm only looking out for everyone, yeah. not just myself. I, I just, I, I, I just really don't like this. And I like it even less now that Nick is saying just how damn good the fold is. Yeah. If it's the best phone that he's ever used, that makes this even worse. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, I'd like to talk about something that's not Samsung. <laughs> for Please. <once. laughs> this gets my blood pressure working. <laughs> okay. So um, let's move on to Android 13. Uh, on the three days ago, what was three days? August 15th. Um, Android 13 rolled out a stable version to Pixel phones, which was one, uh, an early release, which, because I think most of us were expecting this stable version to come around early September. Uh, I mean, it is kind of nearing September, but still earlier than than normal. But uh, it it is now available, um, which is cool. Um, And let me see, it's coming to later devices outside of the Pixel family, which include uh, Samsung, Asus, HMD, Global, IQ, Motorola, OnePlus, Oppo, Realme, Sharp, Sony, Tenko, Vivo, Xiaomi, and more devices uh, later this year. So Um, yeah, I mean, like, this is exciting because obviously, you know, this is an upgrade from Android 12. It means that there's going to be, you know, major new features, which is a good thing. I don't know. I think the thing that, that intrigued me the most about the story is that they released it earlier than, than expected. Yeah, we, inside baseball, we all were off Friday. Oh yeah. (laughs) Thursday, (laughs) Thursday night, we get this email from Google saying, Hey, tomorrow we're releasing, uh, you know, Android 13. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jay, our news writer, Jay, who did, did not take the day off. Thanks, Jay. You yes. saved us all. Actually, it wasn't even on the Thursday. It was on the, we got it Sunday evening because the 15th was Monday. So. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I got my off. days. The day, yeah, right. The, Either way, the point is, is that we got this on a day and we're like, oh my God, what the heck? <laughs> but <laughs> that being said, um, Okay, so the most notable improvement is the expansion of material use app color, theming to third-party apps, app-level language settings, better privacy controls, and improved multitasking feature. Um, There was an article that I was reading uh, about how, and we wrote it, obviously. (laughs) I mean, because we write everything. Let's be real, guys. (laughs) Okay, it's called Google Clarifies Confusing Android 12 Update Amid uh, Android 13 Rollout. Um, And essentially... um, weird bug was that some Pixel device owners were reporting a weird software bug on their devices uh, as they were waiting uh, for Android 13. 
Um, while they were waiting for it, they were getting Android 12 instead. Um, super weird, but, um, you know, apparently Google has clarified that, which is a good thing, but yeah, I mean, do we have any thoughts on, on this bug? Do we have any thoughts on Android 12? I feel like everyone's kind of like, nah, we don't yeah. care. <laughs> when, well, when, when it happened, you know, of course the, the first response from a lot of people were like, oh boy, more pixel bugs. Right. Like yeah. that was, that was always a joke. And it turns out that people were just on an outdate, outdated version of Android 12. You, yeah, you can't get Android 13 unless you had the, the latest version of 12 with the latest security patch. Mm-hmm. Right. So they, they had can, to get that first. I couldn't believe then, that confused people, to be honest. <laughs> you know, pe- people that are go to the Android subreddit are the people that should know wh- exactly what was going on. So that kind of right. puzzled me. I, I think the problem here is just there's such a knee-jerk reaction now to pixel bugs that as yeah. soon as somebody sees something, they're like, oh, pi- oh, pixel bug. Oh, my gosh, look, post, post, you know. <laughs> well, that's a good way to get your name on every Android news website, including yeah, us. Absolutely, yeah. I so just, that it, and I, you, actually, you know, just speaking of that, like, uh, who was it? I think it was Jerry who was saying, like, you know, everyone loves to hate on the company that, is doing well, I guess, like, you know, Google, everyone likes to hate on Google, um, whether it's their pixel devices, whether it's a bug in Android in their software. Um, but yeah, like, I just, I wonder if that's just like increase, like, is it getting more out of control or is it, is that, or is it just like, does it seem normal? Cause I feel like it's getting out of control at this point. In some ways I agree with you. In other ways, everybody should be hating on Google every minute of the day. You you have to hold Google and Apple and Microsoft to a higher standard than every other company because of the way they are so integrated into our lives now. Mm -hmm. Anything they do wrong deserves every tiny bit of attention that it gets. But when it comes to like calling this a bug, you use the word knee jerk reaction. Perfect, perfect explanation, Nick. This was a nothing that the the people who called it a bug didn't use, you know, logical thinking and take time to look at what they were seeing before they started screaming bug. So yeah, Shruti, you're right, but it's not necessarily a bad thing all the time. Okay. Let's, uh, let's read what the Google spoke. spoke blah, 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 I can't speak. Um, Google spokesperson. Uh, they provided a statement to clarify the confusion. They said, quote, on August 15, Pixel devices running on an old version of Android 12 received a notification about a previously released Android 12 update with bug fixes. The messaging in the notification was confusing with the timing of Android 13 and is currently being changed for clarity. This update is separate from the Android 13 release that started to roll out to all supported Pixel devices yesterday and will continue over the next few weeks, depending on the carrier. Users will receive a notification once the OTA becomes available for their device. We encourage users to check their Android version and and update to receive the latest software when it is available for their carrier. So yeah, I just, exactly what you guys said. I mean, I don't know, it's just kind of funny that like people didn't know that. (laughs) But in the end, if Google is clarifying their wording for the update notification, this is a good thing all around because I, I, I've said this before, and I'll, I'll think it till I, the day I die. Google should not give a damn about us. People who read Android websites, even if just every once in a while, Google should not care about you at all. 
Google should care about people that have no idea and just want something that's easy to use and understand. Very and true. That's just if they make it easier to understand, it was well worth it. Keep jerking those knees, people. Okay, uh, I want to move on to Motorola Edge. Um, so next, next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, who yelled that? Was that Jerry? Don't worry, it won't be long. <laughs> God. Okay. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> Nick. Good you job. Went- <laughs> Nick, I broke Shruti. You did. Right. You yeah. did. <laughs> Nick, you went and you did the Motorola Edge 2022 hands-on lessons learned from past mistakes, an article you wrote. Uh, actually, it was published two hours ago. So thank you for slotting this in into the conversation. I haven't even read this article. Gosh. I'm not going to. It's okay. Primarily, (laughs) I wanted to talk about it, not because it's a new Motorola phone, because let's be honest, most of us don't, aren't excited about new Motorola phones unless they fold in half, which they don't seem to want to give us. So, um, yeah, the primary thing about this that uh, was of interest to me, at least, you know, at this segment in the podcast were the updates. So this is the first. Why did you, sorry, why did you sound so like like secretive and intrigued you're like where are the updates Be- because <laughs> we've been whining about this for a long time okay. and they just like out of nowhere dropped it they're like oh hey by the way um you're gonna get three major os updates and four years of security updates every other month wait didn't lg tell us that right before they went out of business and broke that promise <laughs> instantly oh my god i'll believe and it and then continued receipt like rolling out updates even after they the, the that division was supposedly <laughs> dead to be fair yes they have they, are you I trying mean, to say that motorola is going to go out of business guys no i'm trying only to say because, they're lying only because derek's a fan because he was also an lg fan and obviously derek's the uh the culprit there oh gosh <laughs> if if i'm still here four years from now I hope I'm proven wrong and I get to eat a ton of crow and Motorola did the right thing. But you know what? I'll bet I'm not. I, I, not well, not that I'm not here. Wow. I hope, morbid. I bet I will be. Jeez. I, but I, I bet <laughs> this, I won't be eating this crow. This turned so dark. Please. <laughs> Jerry. I, I, I can. I, I just there's I don't trust Motorola. Not one iota. And it's a shame because when it comes to cheap phones with huge batteries, they make some great stuff, but you better hope that they have a time machine and went forward and found all the 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 critical bugs and security issues for the next four years and baked it into the software you get when you buy it because that's all you're getting. And I hate it. Wow, those strong statements. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm with Jerry on that. I I used to love Motorola, especially the the what was it. That when they did the Moto mods, like that, yeah. the Moto Z, Z2 or whatever, like the second iteration, that was such a fun phone to have and use. And they didn't do a damn thing. They didn't do anything with it, dude. That phone was so cool. It it was awesome. And they partnered with all these different companies. And then they gave up on the Moto mods. And then slowly but surely, they gave up on software updates. And now they... They did the same thing with like the Moto G Power, like the original one. That thing was a battery monster. It probably could outlast yep. today my iPhone 13 Pro Max. But I'm sure they it just could. Ab- 
uh, they just abandoned it all together and like just gave up on software. And now I just don't care about Motorola anymore, except for when they piss me off. Yeah. Would you and, Would you care about it if they came out with a foldy phone, like a new no, new I, one? I I don't want a flippy boy. I need a big screen because I have old man eyes. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna. Say- <laughs> That's, that's a nice way to put it. I like this, that. Is this the trend? We're just going to like comment on our issues in every episode. You know, Nick and his hands, you and your eyes. Well, last week was my wrists and, and Nick's thumbs. Oh. This week was Nick has one my bigger wrists. than the other. <laughs> and you have old man eyes. And I've got old man eyes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Motorola is the pioneer when it comes to cell phones. I had so much faith in Motorola even before they made phones because I am an old man. I owned Motorola stock that I had to sell when I started working for this company because it would be a conflict of interest if I held stock in it. Uh, I Motorola was at one point one of the most cutting edge electronic companies in the world. And it wasn't the, you know, getting sold to Lenovo that brought them down it was themselves that they, they, they brought themselves down. I mean, Google snatched up part of them because they were for sale. They, they wrecked their company so bad that they had to sell off part of it. Uh, they have just came from the top to, in my opinion, the absolute bottom. And I hate it because I really want to love this company like I used to. And I can't. Yeah, and I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. The I reviewed the Edge Plus back in March, and you know, my subtitle for the review was Motorola is but a shadow of its former greatness. Yeah. Like, I am 100% on board with you, which is why we saw this phone two days ago, and I was like, huh, okay. M- maybe they are learning, and that's why I use that title in this. Like, okay, there's a lot of things in here that tell me that they're listening. Whereas last year, every phone they released last year felt like it was just, you know, I hate to use the term, but phoned in. Like they really just, it was the the most underwhelming lineup I've ever seen from the company. The thing is that they are doing, like even with this Edge, the the new Edge, the, they need to change their naming scheme. I know, they do. They really do. But, like, they're doing cool crap. Like, they're using MediaTek's, like, one of their most powerful mobile chips, like smartphone chips, the 1050. Uh, it's got a 144 hertz display. It's an OLED, too. Yeah, and they're, like, pushing the envelope. I just need them. Th- and it's, you know, I don't know what Power Class 1.5 is. I don't have T-Mobile. Sure, that looks kind of cool that I can do. It supports both sub-6 and millimeter wave, whatever. But, like, just follow up on the damn software, and I'll be happy again. Just follow through on your promises for once. That's it. There you go. It's like, this is their chance to redeem themselves on that front. And I hope whatever else they're releasing this year gets a similar treatment. Now, you know, I don't expect a $200 phone to get four years of OS updates. Security is one thing, not OS updates. I I don't care about OS updates, but I still expect it because it's free. Google gives it away. They're not charging $8 for every phone like it would be if it ran Windows. It's free. 
And that's the other thing. Motorola software is not that different from stock no. Android from what you get and on the Pixel. Not, and it's no, not bad. It's not. No, it's I've really, really, and I, I don't mean to drive the point home, but back in the day when I used Motorola phones, I really enjoyed the almost Pixel experience because you got that Google stock Android touch. With, right, and they, and they have experience a, a with lot a little of, bit of Motorola Touch with like the Moto, I don't know. It yes. was always in a folder. It was like four or five apps, Motorola-only apps, and it just added to the experience, and it was a great experience. Right, and they, and they still have like the gestures, right? The the yeah. chop, double chop to turn on the flashlight and do your twist thing to launch the camera. Like, I like that kind of stuff. It feels like useful additions on top of Android versus, oh, here's a thing you got to go five menus in to find. Yeah, like the, the quick tap on a Pixel. With thir- with Android thirteen, you gotta right. like dive in to just find it. It's a cool feature, but you have to jump through a bunch of hoops to get there. Yep. Anyways, the only Motorola phone I ever owned was the Motorola Razor from like the first generation from back in yeah. the day. Okay, and I just like I I thought that phone was cool. But anyways, whatever. that's because you're a hipster. <laughs> I well, am. <laughs> but okay, well, truthy, at one point, not too awful long ago, if somebody came up to a person like us that works on an Android website and said, Hey, I've only got 200 bucks. What Android phone should I buy before they got those words out of your mouth? The answer was Motorola. Mm, And, and they have, they've went from that to where they are today. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's sad. It kind of sucks, but I guess we'll see what happens with the company. Um, let's talk about our last topic, which I feel like, Nick is going to be the only one talking about it. <laughs> uh, okay, so apparently someone is porting PSP games to the Oculus Quest 2, and they look amazing. And some of these games include, uh, oh, actually, before I continue, uh, basically a VR AR developer uh, was porting PlayStation Portable Emulator PPSSPP. So I don't know what that means. God, Nick, you're going to have to explain this. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to Oculus Quest wow. headsets. <laughs> Uh, some of these games uh, include um, Dragon Ball title Lego Star Wars 2 the original trilogy Lego Batman the video game the PSP port of NASCAR sorry I'm like reading I honestly I have no I don't know any of this I'll just talk about it it's fine just talk you talk (laughs) All right. okay long story short if you've ever played a PSP game on an emulator this is the same emulator you've probably used some dude ported it to the Quest because the Quest is just running Android and you could stick an APK on there and call it a day. Um, but he went a little further with it in that uh, several games that he tested actually let you go, we'll just say inside the game, right? Like proper VR. But these are these are the original PSP games. So this is, this is sort of the magic of these types of developers is they're taking these old games and now you can actually go in them and be the character. Um, and That's in a lot cool. of the games that they showed off, it's like a third person view of the world. So I think the only like first person one was Star Wars Battlefront. And even then you can go third person with that, whatever. But um, I, I'm, I wonder, though, it, when you do something like that, like, does that not. OK, you're going to have to educate me here for a second. So obviously when game developers are creating games for um, specific consoles, whatever they're they're doing it based off of um, you know specs that they need to achieve. They want to have the they want to have the quality of the game to look really beautiful, you know, whatever it is, uh, all those kind of things. You don't want to have glitches. You don't want to have any of those things. But when you do something like this, would you not be able to meet those expectations? Because 
like it's it's an older game, right? Like, are you going to have the same level of graphics? Are you going to have the same level of playability? Like, how how does that work when you when you port something like this? I feel like a lot of times when you get these ports, and, and there are exceptions, but for this one in particular, it's probably a bit of a novelty. Like, it would be fun to go back and play Wipeout on here just because, look, while I'm racing, I can look around at the city in a way I could never do before. That's cool. You know? Yeah, and it's 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 fun stuff like that. I don't think you're going to find many cases where this adds any sort of real depth or dimension to... the games, you know, as far as your quality concern goes, emulation's always a crapshoot. If you're emulating something, (laughs) you just expect you're going to see visual glitches or performance issues or something like that. That's that's just the nature of the beast. Truly, a a way to think of it is, remember, and I don't know how it is now, when you first could install some iOS uh, applications on your MacBook. Mm Mm-hmm. That's because your MacBook, I'm going to call it a a virtual machine. It wasn't really, but that's an easy way to think of it. Inside your MacBook, it ran an executable application that pretended it was an iPhone or an iPad. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So that's what they're doing with, with, that's what an emulator is. It emulates. Oh, okay, okay, So okay. They're, they're emulating the PSP, which is the little handheld PlayStation yeah, 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 from yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, that's very difficult to get right, like Nick was saying. But if they get it right, these games just work. Unless you have an Oculus with these weird, quote unquote, controllers. Mm-hmm. This is a work of art. Not because of the visuals, but because they were able to map the controls from the Oculus, you know, controllers to make it work with the emulator. This is a masterpiece. That's super interesting. Oh, wow. Have you tried it, Nick? If if nothing, it's just really cool to see. And I I know uh, yesterday I saw somebody uh, ported the original Metal, Metal Gear Solid to VR. It's the same thing. Like that one, actually, I feel like the gameplay would would be really good, and it would add a lot to it if they implemented motion controls. But like, in as far as this PSP emulator goes, it's still pretty early days. You're you're just using the the joysticks and the buttons yeah. on the controller like you would on a PSP. So they, but still, don't don't let's give them more credit, Nick. You and I couldn't do that. Ninety nine percent of the people no. in the world couldn't do That's this. Sick. Yeah, that no, this so is cool. super impressive. Yeah. It is not meant to take away from any of that at all. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'm never going to play this because I'm sorry, and I'm not knocking the Quest Two. Now that I have one, it's a great thing, but it gives me a headache. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. green is just not good enough. And I don't know if it's the refresh or the resolution. It gives me one of those bad VR headaches that makes me feel like I'm seasick after, you know, maybe 20, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I imagine a a pixelated PSP game is going to shorten that time to five minutes before I feel like I'm sick on a boat. So I'll never play it, but I still think it's it's incredible and amazing. No, absolutely. I I mean, just hearing you guys talk about it sounds so cool. So, I mean, very, very impressive for sure. Um, Okay, my favorite time of the week when we do our podcast is um the thing that made you happy this past week what made you happy this past week who wants to go first 
come on, you guys. I'm sure there's something Jim, happy. Put some radio silence. I, yeah. I got to hang out with Joe Maring in New York City, and that was cool. Oh, that's nice. Well, also, yeah. you, have oh, wow. two, you have two bunnies, and you built yeah, a but hatch. I already talked about them. That's old Yeah, news. but that still makes me happy, <laughs> hearing about the bunnies. That's fair. <laughs> you're, you're keeping those bunnies for pets, you decide? Absolutely. Uh, well, at one point, you said you might nurse them. Till they get old enough and turn them loose. Oh, you're thinking of you're thinking of the wild one that we rescued from the road. Oh, I didn't know you had different bunnies. No, yeah, yeah. So the bunnies. The the wild one we we nursed. We got it bigger. We had it for about a month, and then we turned it over to a wildlife rehabilitator. And they okay. did whatever they do with it by their you know state license that they have to do. Um, and then after that, we got two new rabbits. So we got two Holland Lops. Hantavirus-free so rabbits. <laughs> what? Well, wild rabbits carry, like, hantavirus and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's, there's there's a reason you're not supposed to keep wild animals. Right. <laughs> Se- several reasons, actually. Well, rabbits but, yeah. are cool <laughs> pets. I, I had one when I was a kid. They're cool They're pets. so chill. It's nice. Some of them are. Uh, Yeah, so we love bunnies. Um, anyway, done. There you go. <laughs> okay, Jerry or Andrew, either or. I'll let you go. I mean, I know what I want to say, Andrew. Do you need a second? Uh, well, no, I'm already it. talking. <clears throat> go ahead, then. So I pre-ordered my Z Fold 4 and Watch 5 Pro, and they should be here on my birthday, which is Yay! next Tuesday, I think. Yay! Whatever the 23rd is. Heck but yeah. I also got a surprise email for my Steam Deck, which should be here whenever Val feels like shipping it to me, and I cannot wait. Yay! That's really exciting. Uh, that's going to be a great birthday bonanza. I don't know. Oh, yeah. In, in two weeks, <laughs> I've got a fantasy football draft. The, the Steam Deck is crazy, man. It's it's such Dude, a cool piece you of hardware. Making, I, as soon as I get mine, it's sold. Now you're making me regret that decision. Uh, I'm putting, oh, it's, Jerry, I'm going to put Chrome OS Flex on it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I shouldn't have done that, should I have? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't used it yet. I just I haven't even watched any videos about it. The only I haven't looked at anything about it yet, other than I've pre-ordered it. Because okay. I'm just trying to give myself the that you know regular consumer vibe experience. Where yeah, holy yeah. crap, from the unboxing and all. Okay, Jerry, your turn. Uh, I got to, and this is shameless self promotion. I'm on the Android Police podcast this week, but you know that's that's a business thing. But more importantly, I got to spend an hour talking to Daniel and Era. Oh, that's nice. And How was that? It was great. I mean, Era and I, and 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 it was great talking to Daniel. I love Daniel as a person. He is one of the most beautiful on the inside people you will ever find. I'm I'm telling you that if if you don't know that about Daniel, he's beautiful on the outside too. Actually, well, that's that's not for me to judge. I won't judge anybody by the way they look. Everyone's but I, beautiful. I will judge them by the content of their character. Yes. And Daniel Bader is one of the best people on this planet, and that that was great. But Era and I, because we're such polar opposites, it's kind of like Era is like my adopted daughter. Aww. And. I mean, if you remember when, well, no, you, I don't know. If, I think Daniel was still here. When Era left, I cried. Yeah, yeah, I, I do it, remember. It, it just, it's, 
I don't know, and spending an hour talking to her and listening to her dumb shit and her listening to my dumb shit <laughs> and bickering back and forth. It just was, uh, it was great. <laughs> yeah, it, that that must have been a really nice experience. And, glad, and she's great people too. Don't get me wrong. I, I wasn't saying only Daniel. Era is a wonderful person too, but she's wonderful in the exact opposite way. I'm wonderful and you know how they say opposites attract? Well, that Absolutely. doesn't just apply to romance. It applies to friendship, too. And Absolutely. Era was a great friend who I don't get to talk to nearly as much as I used to and just spending an hour listening to her and her listening to me was amazing. Oh, oh that that's really nice. I'm glad you were able to experience that and relive some of those really nice memories. Yep. That's so nice. And th yeah, this, this was a tough week. It's a short week for us here at work and we got to get our stuff done, but there was no way I was not going to do this. Absolutely. For sure. Uh, okay. What made me happy? Uh, well, um, two things. One, I've been binging. Well, not, yeah, I guess you can say binging, but, um, Actually, three things. Okay, I'm going to say three things. Okay, the first thing is I've been binging one of my favorite podcasts. It's called And That's Why We Drink. It is a podcast about two women who, they, they don't actually drink or anything. I mean, one one of them drinks wine, but like it, they're not getting drunk or anything. But they basically sit and they, one girl talks about um, paranormal stories and then the other girl talks about true crime stories. And it's just, it's really fun to listen to. Um, I've just been, you know, listening to them a lot lately and it's, they're just really fun. Um, the second thing that's making me happy is my favorite author in the entire planet. Finally, her book has been released in Canada. Uh, her name is Lisa Jewell. She's a true, or she's a thriller author. Um, but I'm really excited to read her book. And then the third thing that made me happy, but actually kind of sad at the same time. So I'm, I'm stealing a little bit of what Jerry, um, did that one time, <laughs> but I recently did a deep dive into Amy Winehouse because I didn't really know much of her story or anything before. Didn't really listen to her music either, but I, I did a huge deep dive on her and I watched uh, her documentary on prime last night called Amy. And it, I mean, it, it's such a tragic story, but yep. um, it was really nice to get introduced to a new artist. Um, and yeah, I, I just really enjoy her. So um, those were the three things that made me happy. And one kind of also made me sad. But anyways, that was mine. <laughs> okay, on that note, guys, um, wherever you're listening to our Android Central listeners, thank you so much, whether it's in the morning, afternoon or night. We really, really appreciate you listening to us and our crazy banter. Thank you as always. And we hope that you tune in next week. Bye. Adios. See ya. Bye.